Did you know that large organizations like casinos, hospitals, universities, three-letter agencies, the Department of Defense, and most large public safety agencies rely on data aggregation, organization, and presentation? Hi, I'm John Paul with ICOM. Today, we have Chad Salman from Datalink with us, and we're going to talk about radios in action and their role in large event and data aggregation. Thanks for joining us, Chad. Thanks for having me, John Paul. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we go into some of the details? Sure. So I am currently the International Sales Director for Datalink Systems, who is a software platform provider. Uh, currently, I've been with Datalink for almost a year now, but prior to joining Datalink, I was with Garmin International for 15 years, where I managed essentially a, an ecosystem of telematics solution providers around the world that wanted to integrate Garmin hardware into their overall system design. Uh, prior to Garmin, I was in the wireless space uh, with a company, if you remember, called Nextel before they merged with Sprint. So I have essentially been in the wireless data, GPS, telematics technology space going on 20, 25 years now. That's a, that's a, a pretty well-established uh, set of credentials. So clearly, uh, you, you've started in, in telecommunications and worked your way through the data side of things. And it's, it's impressive to see where you've landed and, and uh, how successful you've been. So uh, we appreciate your time uh, today to, to share with us some of, your, uh, some of your opinions. What I'd like to do is I'd like to take us down a path of where those telecommunications, uh, that background that you had with Nextel, for example, where, how it brought you to today um, and what you learn and how you pull from that. But one of the things that I learned about you while I was doing some preparation was that you went to a little tiny school, right? What was it? Uh, uh, William Jewell? William Jewell College in Liberty, Missouri, which is a, a suburb of Kansas City. So I, I went to William Jewell uh, initially for, for baseball because um, I had an opportunity to, to, to continue my, my playing days. But um, I also enjoyed the idea of a small college where I would have an opportunity to get to know my professors, get to know my fellow students, and, and really be a part of the community versus going to maybe a, a larger university where, you know, potentially I could be, quote, a number. What I was really impressed with was one of the things that they focus on is experiential learning, critical thinking, and, and the whole um, package that they, they want the student to learn from their own lives as well as the classroom. What I'm hoping is that you'll be able to tell me that that, that motto has really seemingly carried through your career. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So um, I'm, you know, probably if you would ask anyone that I've, you know, worked with at any of the organizations, I'm, I'm kind of notorious for being um, outside the box. Um, I, I struggle following, you know, set guidelines and rules for, for lack of a better word, because I always think that there's a, a better way um, or a potential opportunity that maybe someone who's trying to stay within the bounds of their four walls don't necessarily see. And so I'm excited to, to, to especially be, you know, landed at, at Datalink Systems because I see a, a, just a tremendous opportunity 
where we can help a number of organizations, uh, government, schools, you name it, and, and really bringing everything that they do on a daily basis into one common platform, which is, which is quite unique. So, um, you know, exactly what you said, John Paul, just continually to think of, you know, how can we, how can we bring solutions to the table that may be different than, than traditional thinking minds might, uh, you know, bring forth. I guess that makes you the bad boy of command centers. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I've been called worse. (laughs) No, when, when looking through things and, and reading all of the things that you're uh, colleagues in the past and, and present have, have commented. They, they definitely refer to you as that outside-of-the-box solutions-oriented thinker. And, uh, and I think that that makes you such a uh, – that brings, that brings so many wonderful traits to the table, especially when you're working with a company like ICOM America, for example. Our um, solutions-based approach – hopefully will uh, blends well with yours. When we look at the problem first, the solution that's trying to be addressed um, and, and then putting pen to paper and then trying to engineer something. hundred um, percent. You know, when, when I talk to, you know, whether it's customers or sales channels that, that maybe represent the technologies or the companies that, that I work for, I think it's always important that we focus on the solution first and foremost. The technology is an element of the solution, but let's be honest, customers don't necessarily care what the technology is per se. What they care about is that the solution, the technology that you're bringing them addresses an issue or a problem that they have. The technology is a result of the solution, but I think many times, you know, we focus too much on the the uh, nitty gritty of the technology and not as much on the actual solution that the technology is bringing to the table. So excited today to you know continue talking to you, John Paul, about you know what are the solutions that are out there and and how can we bring our combined technology you know to the table for our customers. I think one of the the more important underlying guidelines that we all, when engineering any solution, we all need to um, operate by is, is the end user experience, right? If we, if we prioritize that, then we ultimately have a customer who is pleased and comfortable with, uh, with the solution that is offered. Would you agree with that? Without a doubt. Um, And we at, at DataLink Systems focus heavily on the actual user interaction to our platform because I'll be the first to acknowledge that we may not have the quote prettiest user interface, but what we have is simplicity and ease of use. And that to me is much more important than all of the you know bells and whistles that you may find with other technologies or other, you know, I hate to say competing platforms because really we're, we're very unique in what we do. Um, but we really do focus on that end user experience. And, and at the end of the day, to get to the information that is vital to decision-making and to see everything that they as a customer has from a mobile asset standpoint, whether it's ICOM radios, 
whether it's smartphones, whether it's you know a number of other um, you know, hardware, for example, the ability to, to log into to one interface and see everything and easily communicate, report, and message these different platforms is 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 of you know the the utmost um, you know vital experience that we're that we're trying to uh, to portray. I think that's uh, an important guideline, and it sounds like you definitely have it built into your um, operating procedures and your operating philosophy. One of the things that I've learned in my own uh, public safety background uh, was that salespeople could come in and they could offer you a widget with uh, 78 features. Mm -hmm. You only needed eight, but they were going to sell you that 78 feature widget because that's right. what they, that was what they had in their sales kit. And when I look through the data link portfolio uh, and of course study the, the capabilities of the data gate, and we'll get into that at a later, a uh, little bit later, it, it, it does truly seem to focus on whichever of the s seven or eight features that a customer needs or wants and, and, um, and doesn't try to, you know, put that square peg into a round hole. So I think that, uh, I think that that's definitely what one of the many things that has aligned our organizations in in our current partnership. So um, let's talk a little bit about those uh, command environments where you are aggregating this data. Let's talk about um, some of the opportunities that you've had to provide uh, a stellar end user experience, and perhaps we can um, we can weave in some some fun stories about how those experiences came about? Sure. So I think maybe to, to look at what we do at a very high level, um, everyone talks about, especially if you've been in sales, uh, an elevator pitch, right? If you run into someone on the street and they ask you, what is it that you do? You better be able to describe it to them in layman's terms, quick and easy. And so if I were to do the same for data link systems, quite frankly, we are a software platform, first and foremost, that can communicate to any hardware, regardless of network topology. So what that really means is that we're able to connect and communicate to ICOM radios. We're able to connect and communicate to cellular modules, black boxes, sensors, smartphones, I always say boats, trains, planes, trolleys, whatever a given customer has in the field, whether it's a person or a device or a machine, we can connect to it. But we bring it all together in one common interface, one screen. And that's really what makes us unique. And, and honestly, that's that's why I, I landed at Datalink Systems. So you mentioned you know some some fun stories. Well, Datalink Systems was actually one of my original partners at Garmin because what I was looking for were companies around the world that wanted to integrate our hardware into their system. That's exactly what Datalink Systems does. So I've known the leadership team at Datalink Systems for probably 10 plus 15 years now. And again, what we're continually looking to do is listen to our partners, such as ICOM, our dealer network, and ultimately our customers, when they have a problem or they have a, an issue that can be solved, 
we want to help. So we're always looking for new ways to integrate data feeds, new ways to integrate hardware features and functionality. And so as we you know, continue our discussion today, we, we have some really good examples of, of what we've done with ICOM um, just most recently with your, you know, your SAT 100 radio. So there's, there's lots, of, lots of capabilities that, that you know, together we can continue to, to improve and, and, and bring forth to our, to our collective partners. When you build these solutions, uh, without without violating any privacy agreements or anything like that, what types of what types of customers are you uh, are you delivering these uh, these solutions? Great question. So predominantly, historically, our company has worked with various government and militaries around the world. So, for example, in the UK, we work with the Ministry of Defense. We work with MI5, we work with London Metropolitan Police. And so these are examples of customers that have a multitude of different requirements, different hardware, different people carrying different radios, uh, vehicles, what, what have you. And so we bring all of that together, which is why a lot of times military government will actually come to us. So we have an example where the U.S. Marshals years and years ago came directly to us because they saw a platform that was unique and different from maybe other competing technologies that they had looked at. And so we worked directly with the U.S. Marshals. So we're able to track and, and, uh, and manage their mobile assets, which for them, mobile assets are people. Um, and so we're continuing today to work with, uh, you know, the Philippines government. We're working with Australia. We, we're looking to, to work more and more with well, I, what I would call local city government. So what you've seen, John Paul, when you look at our website, is we really focus on what we call vertical solutions. So we target firefighting, for example. What are all of the elements that go into firefighting, right? You have firefighters carrying radios, you have helicopters, water bombers, you have you know, command centers, you've got vehicles, you have all of these folks that are brought together. How do they communicate? How do they work together? How do the helicopters know where their guys on the ground are? How do the guys on the ground know where other folks are on the ground? Because if you've ever been in a wildfire, thankfully I haven't, the line of visibility disappears pretty quickly. So someone that has our solution right there on their tablet can effectively see and manage everyone on one screen. And that's really where, where we can make a difference, whether it's local law enforcement, local city municipalities, schools. So for example, we do a lot with school districts, colleges, universities, because on their daily, weekly schedules, they have a multitude of people carrying different technologies. A lot of them are carrying ICOM radios. How do they manage these people carrying radios versus those that are carrying smartphones versus sensors that are managing you know, doors, what have you? That's what we look for. We look for ways to, to bring all that together. When I was looking through some things, I remember seeing uh, this image of of some firefighters through the, walking through the smoky environment of of a forest fire, and all I could think of was 
how beneficial it could be if you've got, say, six firefighters walking in a line and they think they're walking in a straight line, but uh, an incident commander miles or miles away could tell the guy on the left that he has to start walking double time to straighten out their line. And when you start to think about what um, and, and an accidental deviation to a course uh, could cause when you're walking through that smoky environment, uh, you think you really can sense the importance of a course correction. But inside the situation, there's not enough awareness to, to realize that one guy's lagging behind at, at a quarter speed or something like that, which is causing the entire line to articulate left or articulate right. So I immediately saw the value of, of uh, the, the software to provide the information back to the incident commander so that that course correction could be made. And I think it's really impressive that those small adjustments can be made remotely so that uh, the boots on the ground can stay safer or on target. Without a doubt, you know, at the end of the day, our combined solution the radio that, that you provide for, for voice communications and, and, and group communications, as well as our platform that tells you where these radios are, we save lives, especially in the instance of a fire where they lose visibility. And the only way you're gonna find them is with some type of platform that someone, a chief, uh, whoever is on the ground, can pull up their laptop, their tablet, and, and be able to actually see where their firefighters are and, and be able to communicate to them on voice through the radio where they need to go, exactly like what you're referring to. So, um, you know, the technology in, in that particular industry saves lives. So let me ask you this. When that incident commander is rolling up on a scene and obviously they've had some training on their, on their uh, equipment, and they know that they're going to get data from the P25 radios that are on the ground. And they're going to get that over the air through the, um, the repeater that's in place or, or some series of, of maybe a repeater is localized. And then the, it's microwaved or satellite linked back to the incident commander. What happens with the DataGate software when... Um, uh, a wild card happens, right? All of a sudden, a new group comes in and they have additional data to come to uh, to join into into the the fight. How easy is it for the DataGate software to just adapt and accept that information? What you're describing is is obviously a real world scenario, and we have the ability on the fly for a firefighting community to quickly add additional, whether it's uh, radios or if that's not an option, they always have the ability to put a smartphone app that we've developed that we call Red Alert. And this is the same application that we have utilized across many different government customers around the world. Um, the idea being that you can quickly, as long as they're device that they're bringing to the table has an Android or an iOS operating system, they can quickly download our app. They can quickly add that user to the platform. So now they can see their existing radios or existing um, you know, colleagues, but then if new folks come to the table, 
from other agencies, that's probably the easiest and quickest way is just to put that app on their on their device. Um, if they're carrying a different you know, radio, as long as they can connect to the mobile network that's already been established to that base station, to that repeater, then they easily can be added. Um, so there, there, there's flexibility and, and scalability built into our platform. And that's the beauty of a software as a service solution is you don't have to you know, technically install anything. It's cloud-based. Um, it can be added on the fly. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty powerful technology. I think the critical uh, word you used there was flexibility, right? Obviously, you know, we all colloquially will call it, you know, on the fly thinking, but it is the flexibility that is built in to the the software, and and that allows you to to be more powerful. So. Uh, I want to rewind to an earlier conversation we had where you were the out-of-the-box thinker. You were focusing on innovation, and you were uh, being educated using this critical thinking philosophy. And what I'm thinking is that years later, you've translated that into your organization's ability to, to remain flexible, remain innovative, and learn on the fly from the experiences. Is, is that a fair assessment of, of uh, Chad Salmon in, in a nutshell? Sure, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's where, wherever I've been, um, you know, I've, I've got, you know, many, many stories, uh, you know, uh, over the last, you know, 20 years, you know, especially at, at Garmin, because, you know, Garmin first and foremost builds hardware predominantly for, call it the, the consumer space, where I've always been focused on the business side, the B2B side. So I would essentially find ways to take the hardware that was already being built and adapt it to a different channel, a different in, in, in customer, um, if that makes sense. And, and then, then, you know, what we're doing now at, at, at Datalink is, you know, I'm going back to my roots and, and, and finding, you know, new technologies that Garmin, for example, with their inReach platform, or whether it's, you know, ICOM and their, and their SAT 100, we saw a huge opportunity globally to, to bring that in. Um, and then we'll continue to, to look for, for new, new technologies that, that ultimately make sense for, for our customers and, and our mutual partners. And that, that's really, that's what it's all about, right? Is bringing that solution uh, and that, the, the better technology uh, to the end user, to the customer. And, uh, and, and I think you're doing a great job. I can't wait to see what's coming next out of Datagate. Uh, the, the software just keeps seeming to uh, expand and grow. And I think it's, it's, it's fantastic stuff. You're doing great stuff over there. Yeah, thanks, John Paul, for the opportunity. And I uh, look forward to uh, continue to grow and strengthen our partnership and, and ultimately bring you know, more and more solutions uh, to our mutual customers. Thanks so much for being here, Chad. And thank you to all the listeners for joining our show. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, and Apple for all things radio and more episodes of Radios in Action. <music>